You're listening to At Home and Abroad on Irish Radio Canada and we are going to talk with Sheila Flanagan, Odin O'Cassidy and Robert Kearns today about uh, the relationship between Ireland and Canada uh, from the famine time and how it has evolved and how it has been commemorated and in this Canada 150 some of the uh, events that have happened have been tremendously moving but there is an event coming up on the 9th of November in Toronto which is partially Ireland's contribution to Canada 150, Kilora 150 and it will be with Audrin O'Cassidy and John Feely, uh, Sibel O'Cassidy and members of the Garda band and others and we're going to hear about them, some of the uh, background to it and some of the details relating to it so in order to get started Sheila, what was the background to all of this? Thank you, Austin, and thank you for this opportunity to talk to you about Kellera 150. And in uh, Gaelic means uh, celebration. And uh, I'm coming with to Toronto uh, on November the 9th to actually celebrate Canada's birthday. Um, we feel this is very important. We want to mark the occasion. Uh, in recognition of the unique and special uh, relationship that exists between Canada and Ireland and to play a part in this important year in, in celebrating Canada and all that is good uh, about Canada but also uh, celebrating the roles uh, the Irish have played in building the nation that is uh, Canada. So we're coming with a group of musicians um, and uh, the, joining us will be the, the well-known uh, Irish composer Orin O'Cassidy uh, family uh, group uh, who hail from Gwydor in County Donegal but Orin is coincidentally head of traditional Irish music in Dublin Institute of Technology. He'll be joined by his daughter Shabelle uh, who is 19 years of age. She's just finished her uh, high school exams and she uh, became known as the voice of 2016. Uh, she rose to fame through uh, a performance of Misha Era, the famous poem by Port Pierce, and has come to everybody's attention. She has a very unique uh, voice. It's a mixture of classical and uh, old-style Shannos Irish singing. Uh, it's, it's something very, very different and very, very special. Uh, John Feely. And John Feely is probably Ireland's most famous uh, international classical guitarist. Uh, so that's just a taste of who will be with us. Uh, we'll be also joined by uh, some members of the Garda Band, the Police Band, uh, who will be with us uh, providing wind and brass sections. So it will be quite, quite, quite a mixture, um, but the music is something very, very special. It's a blend, it's a seamless blend of classical and traditional Irish coming together, uh, supported with a choir and with orchestra. Sheila, how did all this come about? We met Robert Kearns, who will be appearing later on today uh, on your um, uh, program. We met Robert Kearns last year at the President's uh, Awards for Distinguished Service. Uh, uh, Nicasa was asked to perform Misha Era at that event, came to Robert's attention. Uh, Robert uh, met with us afterwards and uh, he told us the, the story of Ireland Park, uh, the work that he had been doing in relation to commemorating uh, the famine 
and uh, the uh, he also talked about uh, a new park uh, that is going to open next July in memory of George Robert Grisset. George Robert Grisset was uh, Chief Medical Officer in Toronto in 1847 and he, along with many other medics, nurses uh, and uh, clergy, came to the assistance of uh, the Irish who were coming off cotton ships, fleeing the famine in 1847, in Black 47, having travelled across the Atlantic, come, coming, uh, having come up on steamers uh, through the lakes, arriving in the cities, and they were welcomed, uh, largely welcomed into the cities. These were people who were suffering from typhus, um, many of them facing certain death, and when uh, they arrived at the cities, emergency uh, um, hospitals, fever sheds, they were known, had to be put in place very quickly to uh, deal with the emigrants who were arriving, who were sick, destitute, and dying in many cases. The Grisset story is, is very moving in that in June 1847, he stepped forward with a number of other volunteers to set up these fever sheds, uh, to help the ants who were arriving, and in, in, in the certain knowledge that he was most likely going to succumb to typhus himself. And within a month of setting up the fever sheds, um, he in July 1847, he himself died, as did many others. So they gave their lives uh, really helping uh, these poor wretches uh, who were arriving from Ireland. And we were very taken with this story. We in Ireland were completely unaware of it. and. And uh, we felt this story needs to be told. And it's being told through the uh, opening, obviously, of Grisset Park, which is being set up in memory of those uh, medical officers. Um, but we also felt we could tell the story through music, through the power of music. So that's really where the idea came from. Sheila, would you think that the awareness of the Canadian contribution has uh, become more prevalent and there's a greater awareness in Ireland now? There is a growing awareness. Uh, certainly within Ireland, uh, I would have to say uh, I had never heard of um, the uh, of Grisset. I'd never heard of Grosseal, for example, uh, until this uh, story began to unfold. And, uh, and I think, you know, I can speak for many Irish people. Um, our impression always was uh, that during the famine times, uh, the Irish emigrated to the United States. Um, Canada really was not part of the picture, certainly in terms of when I was growing up and when many of my peers were growing up, we always believed that uh, the majority of uh, uh, emigrants uh, went to the United States. But in fact, what I discovered through Robert Kearns and through this evolving story uh, was the because um, the ships leaving Ireland were carrying people who were, you know, essentially seriously ill and unkind to themselves. Uh, the taxes on uh, such ships entering ports in the United States were raised uh, during this time period to discourage um, the, 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 the ships landing there. So many of them actually diverted into Canada and the Canadian ports were open. And, uh, and that's how so many of them actually went the, the, the Canada route. Some of them went the Canada route trying back down into the United States. But many of them landed in Canada, were welcomed, were looked after, set up lives in the cities or in the surrounding rural areas and, uh, and prospered. 
Um, and, you know, we've, we've heard many, many stories, moving stories of uh, such people, such uh, one good example, uh, that, uh, uh, a story that really resonated with us was a story of Bridget Tracy, who left Bird Hill in County Tipperary in 1847 with her aunt and, un her, aunt and her younger brother, uh, who was five. She was seven, he was five. They arrived at, at Limerick Port to uh, board the Jane Black, uh, which was uh, destined uh, for Quebec. And they, uh, at the, in the Malie at Limerick Port, her aunt uh, lost hold of the little boy. So he was lost in the crowd. She had to, they had to make a decision. If they stayed, uh, they'd lose their ticket, and it meant certain death. So it was death or Canada. And they uh, boarded the ship. When she arrived uh, on the Canadian side, they were so hungry and so famished, she had chewed shoelaces on her, uh, the shoes on her feet to stave off the pangs of hunger. Um, all she had in her hand was a little cream jug uh, that she brought from the cottage. Her aunt got a job as a housekeeper and in Whitby, uh, um, near Toronto and uh, the young girl grew up, uh, was educated and by the time she was 18 she was so pretty she was called a Belle of Whitby. Uh, she married, uh, she's had children and I think something like 260 of her descendants can now be identified but one of them is a lady called Terry Smith whom I understand uh, was um, a, 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 a provincial um, MP uh, in, in uh, Ontario uh, at one stage and uh, is also uh, active uh, with Ireland Park Foundation. So uh, it, it's a tremendous story of how um, the Irish arrived with nothing, were given an opportunity uh, to do well and to prosper uh, within Canada. And what we felt was, you know, this is very much a story of today. It's not just a story for 1847, but it's also a story that has relevance because of what's happening at the moment, uh, particularly in Europe, in relation to um, Syrian refugees. And you know, we're seeing even, you know, in your own country, in Canada, what's remarkable is, you know, we're seeing... Uh, Syrian refugees actually being welcomed uh, once again uh, into Canada. Um, it's, it, it's, it's history repeating itself, but again what we're seeing is at an international level um, Canada is, is emerging as a, a nation that uh, welcomes those in most need of help. Sheila, you had the opportunity to visit Rose Seal. I'm sure you were very moved. Very, very moved. Uh, I had a great opportunity in uh, June, just as the ferry service was starting again. I happened to be in Quebec. Uh, because I had become aware of this wonderful story, I wanted to go and see Grosile. I found it tremendously uh, moving. Uh, I have to say um, and pay tribute to uh, Parks Canada. Uh, they do. It, it was the best best visitor experience uh, I've ever had and I've been many many uh, parks and attractions uh, over the years uh, but it's the story is simply but wonderfully told the guides are uh, so they're, they're young uh, they're so impressive they're so enthusiastic and so knowledgeable um, it was it was an amazing experience the they the fever sheds that were established on Grosse Hill uh, are still there 
uh, possible to visit. Um, the first class and third class hotels that were built later to uh, cope with further waves of emigration are uh, in place. Uh, but I suppose what's most moving is uh, going down to the far end of the island where the mass graves are. And uh, Grosseal is, is one of the, it is the largest, I think, uh, burial site, mass burial site of Irish uh, outside of Ireland. And it's very simply done, beautiful glass um, um, screens with every name of um, the um, uh, people, uh, every name of uh, the, the the victims, the famine victims uh, who died and buried on Grosseal present on 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 the glass screen, um, and then then that leads you 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 move from there a short climb up a hill, uh, up onto the high point of the uh, island, and uh, there's a, a wonderful Celtic cross uh, there. Um, I moved away from. A I was in a small uh, tour group on the island. I moved away and climbed up towards the the cross. Uh, it was a, a, a lovely late on a, a sunny um, afternoon in, in, in June and there was just something very moving and very peaceful about suddenly coming through the woods and there's the cross and there's just silence all around and then out in the distance uh, you see mainland Canada and I think I just you knew I was standing on the island looking across at the mainland thinking some of these people were just so close uh, to uh, arriving uh, on mainland Canada to make it, and it's, it, it's, it's heartbreaking, you know, absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, but those who did make the journey across and survived or recovered from illness or who were well enough uh, to move onwards, there's a great story of triumph because they were people who worked with their fellow Canadians in terms of building the Canada that we have today. So that's worth celebrating. Well, Sheila, we're going to wrap up here and we'll have a chat with Audrey and after that we'll get to chat with Robert about what his perspective on everything is and uh, uh, give the details of what's going to happen on the 9th of November. Now we're looking forward to seeing all your, li your listeners um, on the 9th. Uh, it will be a very, very special evening and it's a, it's a, it's a celebration of all of, of our of all things are good about Ireland and Canada. It's a wonderful mixture of traditional and classical music. And I'll just say, uh, my colleague Oren, uh, whom I think you'll be talking to later, uh, later on in the show as well, has written a new special piece of music called Canada's Promise. And this has been uh, composed or created uh, to celebrate the, the closeness of the relationship between Canada uh, and Ireland. And it will be sung by Chevelle Nicassada, uh, the, the young singer, the young charismatic singer that I, I, I spoke about earlier, who is, is, is very much regarded as the voice of the nation currently. Well, Sheila, thanks a million for having the opportunity to chat. And Sheila is the Head of Academic Policy and Planning at the Dublin Institute of Technology, where Audrey O'Cassidy and John Feely had both worked during their careers and uh, Sheila this has been a tremendous pleasure chatting and we look forward hopefully to seeing you in Toronto